You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hi, this is Elisa. Just want to let you know before the podcast starts that when we recorded this episode, we had a lot of problems with Skype. Mostly it was my problem with Skype. It kept dropping me for some reason, which I normally don't have that problem, but for whatever reason, it kept dropping and kept recording uh, Suze and Vicky and Shane, the guest for this show, and not me. So there's been a lot of splicing and dicing with this episode. Hopefully, I did a good enough job so you won't notice, but just in case you do notice some inconsistencies, that's the reason why. Just wanted to let you know, but hopefully you will enjoy the show anyway. And again, thank you so much for listening. Hi, and welcome to episode 69 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me today, as always, are Suze Gilbert. Hi, everyone. And Vicki Stokes. Hi. So we're going to get right into it today. In episode 67, we talked about back-to-school apps. So to prepare for that show, I got in touch with my son, who is a third-grade teacher in North Carolina, and asked for some of his suggestions. And what he suggested was to come onto the podcast and talk about different websites that he likes to use as a teacher. So today, I would like to welcome my son, Shane Paselli. Hi, Shane. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi, Shane. So before we get going, Shane, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of your background? Okay. Well, uh, I lived in New York until recently. Uh, I went to college and got my bachelor's degree as a childhood education major at about three and a half hours away from where I was living in New York. And then I came home and got my master's degree as an educational technology specialist. And while I was doing that degree, I was substitute teaching and looking for a teaching job. After about three years of substitute teaching, I became a computer aide, which uh, I was in charge of a computer lab with about 30 computers and any technology issues. Teachers would come to me and I would help them out and I would help the kids go on different websites when they came into my uh, classroom. And after about two and a half years of being a computer aide, uh, a friend from North Carolina told me about a teacher opening at his school. That was December of 2013. So I flew down a couple days later and got the job on the spot. And I became a first grade teacher uh, starting January 2014. I then went to a different school and became a fourth grade teacher last year. And now I'm at third grade at the same school. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was a whirlwind, yes. As some listeners know, teaching in New York, it's impossible to get a job, Mm. which is why he's in North Carolina. Correct. Right. But uh, Shane wanted to talk to us today about some different websites that he uses as a teacher, uh, both for himself and ones that he recommends that parents and or students use. So this is going to be your show, Shane. So take it away. All right, the first one I want to talk about, I just started this year. Uh, So far, it hasn't worked out quite the way I hoped, but maybe it will. Uh, This one's called Remind 101, and the website's www.remind101.com. And what that is, is as a teacher, you go on to that website, 
you sign up for free and it's a way to contact parents. And when you sign up, you sign up your class and it gives you a number and a uh, sheet to give to parents of how to sign up for this class, basically. So, for example, I put in my name and immediately a flyer came out saying, text at Mr. Pacelli's class to the five-digit number. Obviously, I'm not going to share that number. But so during the open house, I told parents about it and I showed parents and talked up about it. I said, this is how I'm going to contact you. And all the parents have to do is text my name to that specific five-digit number and I get an alert saying such and such parent signed up. And I had 13 of my 17 students' parents show up uh, during open house and only five have signed up for the program. So I was hoping for more turnout. But what's cool about it is when I text them, my personal number does not get shared because I tested it with myself. Uh, It was like a 240 area code or something. And it says my name so the parents know who it is. And um, and I'm able to text the entire group of parents or I can text them individually. And I've had a couple parents text me uh, while I'm out of school at home saying, hey, I have a question about homework or, hey, so, you know, my son said that we have this going on tomorrow. Is he telling the truth? So a couple of parents are using it. Uh, I was just hoping to use that way as a quicker way than email or actually picking up the phone to uh, do that. So Shane, do you think it's because they're not um, um, savvy in terms of texting or something like that? That's the reason why they don't use it? Or uh, My th- thought is that it, where I am, uh, socioeconomic status is really low. And mm-hmm. from my experience last year at this school, uh, they'll list a phone number that they have. But I, I've heard that a lot of the parents have track phones. So mm-hmm. they get a new number fairly often and don't tell us about it. So that might be a reason that they don't uh, sign up for it because they frequently change uh, phone numbers and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. um, they have the technology. I, I believe the parents do. They all have phones, smartphones. Um, but uh, one good thing is I now have 16 students and 14 of the 16 emails address works. 14 of their email addresses work. So that's another great way to contact the entire class saying, hey, here's the homework for the week. If you have any questions, let me know. So I do that weekly as well. I think it's funny they ask you if the student's telling the truth. (laughs) Well, yesterday I got an email because we, yeah, we have a dress code. Students have a uniform, not a uniform they have to wear. They have to wear basically khakis and a polo. And uh, some Fridays we have a dress down and for a dollar donation to whatever cause and a parent emailed me and said, my son said we have this tomorrow. Is he lying? I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> so yeah, it's funny. I think that would, if, I mean, if you can get enough parents, the thing is, it's just about, you, you know, smartphones are becoming so ubiquitous. It would really be great because that's a great communication, um, form for you and the parents. So, you know, if people have, you know, parents have concerns, I would, I would have loved to have had that, you know, when my son was in school, I really would have. Exactly. So Shane, Shane, this is something that, um, 
for example, if today was Wednesday and the kids were going on a field trip on Friday and all the parents were signed up, you could send a text to all of them that says, don't forget to turn in your permission slips tomorrow. We're going on the field trip on Friday. Exactly. It's basically oh, that's great. like email, but through text message. Uh, I have, Like I said, I have the app on my phone. It's free to download. Parents don't need the app. All they need is my, my uh, Remind 101 number, whatever that number is that sends to them. I would assume that they go in and change it to Mr. Paselli so they know, you know, it's me texting them. So that's that's what I liked about it. They don't have my personal number. so Right. No, I, I agree with that. You don't want to give out your personal number. But I think it's just great that that is an opportunity, um, you know, for parents. If they do have questions, they can ask you right away. And, you, and it's immediate. You know, you can say, exactly. I, I, I need to look into this, but I'll get back to you later. And you know, still you have your own personal life, which is nice, you know. Exactly. I like it. I'm hoping in future years that I get a lot more parents to sign up. I think that'll be a good tool in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one I'm going to talk about is GoNoodle.com. And that's a website for teachers. They can uh, create a username, password. And it's basically indoor recess activities. So if it's too hot or too cold or raining out or for whatever reason the students are not allowed to go outside, I log on to this website and it has videos of different indoor recess, uh, basically exercises for the kids. And the kids seem to really enjoy it. I used it, I believe yesterday or two days ago, I forget when it was, but um, we couldn't go outside because we were in testing mode. So I went onto the website and projected it and it was like it was called something like indoor recess 10 and it was some stretching and some jumping jacks and just different activities and there's a wide variety of different things that you can choose there's also some brain breaks like quick one to two minute exercises to get the kids moving there's also like a, um, a category called wake up so first thing in the morning gets the kids moving I don't use it too often because I like to take my kids outside no matter how hot it is just because they need to get outside and get that energy out. But if you can't get outside, this is a great way to uh, expend that energy. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Uh, my next one of my all-time favorite websites that I use all the time is uh, TeachersPayTeachers.com. And I use this uh, even when I was a computer aide. I use the free resources, and you can also buy resources. So what this is, is a website where teachers create um, materials, resources for each other. Uh, I could create my own resource and, and make money off of it. I've never created anything and posted it on the website. I'm typically looking for different materials. And the way you do it, there's a search you can do. It breaks it down by grade, by um, specific activities, if you want assessments or if you want bulletin boards or if you want books. You can search by grade. You can search only free products and you can search by price range. And for the longest time, I was only downloading the free resources. But then I started looking at the resources that cost a little bit of money and some of them, you can preview them and some of them are really good. For example, last year, when I was a fourth grade math teacher, I found a smart notebook uh, for each standard. 
So it was a document that had every single standard that is taught in fourth grade math. And someone created a great, uh, basically, PowerPoint presentation for each standard. Very detailed. So that was a little pricey, but I purchased it because it was an outstanding resource. And I purchased the one for third grade as well, uh, since I'm a third grade teacher. And you can also add items to the wish list, and you don't have to purchase them right away. Uh, and you can favorite your uh, – you can – Bookmark your favorite seller if that person produces a lot of materials that you like. Uh, another cool feature about it is if you pay for a product, you can review that product and you'll get points. So let's say, for example, if I buy a $10 product and I review it, they'll give me 10 points and those points you can use towards other purchases. I forget the exact breakdown. I think it's... Uh, 10 points is like a dollar. I forget exactly what it is, but the points you can in turn get money off of, of future purchases. So I make sure I review every product I get. I love it. And it's, there's, mm. uh, like I said, you can look it up by standards and whatever material you want. More than likely, it's on there from other teachers who have created it and then uploaded it to this website. I love it. I use it practically every day <laughs> to look for stuff. The next one I'll talk about is Pinterest, where... <laughs> we all love Pinterest. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I don't because hate it. Because it sucks you in. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that if you do a Google search on something, and it's Pinterest, they, you, they, it takes you out of Safari, and it brings you right into the Pinterest app. I don't like their proprietary, you know, you can't view this on Safari, you have to go to Pinterest. And I do. I agree with yeah. you, Shane. It sucks you in. It does suck you in. Yeah. That is a little frustrating part of that. But the cool thing about Pinterest for teachers is uh, you can make boards for your grade or for your subject. Like right now, I have a first grade board. I have a fourth grade board. I have – and then for third grade, I have a third grade ELA and third grade math. And um, a lot of the stuff I pin uh, actually – forwards me to the teacher pay teacher website but there's also a ton of other resources outside of teacher pay teacher that uh when you do a search on pinterest it'll lead you elsewhere uh what i like about pinterest is in third grade or i don't know if this is a north carolina thing or if this is um across all all schools in the united states but they're big on anchor charts and what an anchor chart is it's basically just a big poster board where you're writing down uh, key points of whatever topic you're doing. So, for example, when I go on Pinterest and look for anchor charts, I'll type in the specific standard I'm looking for. For example, for a math standard, I might say on Pinterest, I'll do a search for 3NBT1 anchor chart, and I'll find one right away, Wow, which is cool. And if I like... You know, I'll find several. So I'll find the one that I like that has good information for my students and I'll pin it and sometimes I'll print it off and I'll bring that into the classroom. So when I'm uh, teaching the students, I'll copy right from that. Uh, I, I have a ton of anch different anchor charts pinned uh, and you can type in basically anything and find what you need. You can do it by standard. You can search uh, math worksheets. And then you can pin that for later if you don't want to look at that specific website. 
So I really enjoy, I really enjoy Pinterest. That's another one I use a lot. You are your mother's son. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't use Pinterest as much. I just don't have the time. But yes, Pinterest is a, is a good resource for anything. I, I think it's good, but you know, here's the downside of Pinterest, and I'm just being playing devil's advocate here. What I think what how Shane uses it is really great. I really, really do because I that to me, if people were using it in that uh, way, I would probably be on Pinterest more. But I see it as number one a time suck, and I've told you that. Number two. I, what I don't like the fact is people think it's a free-for-all as far as going on to artists' websites or photographers' websites or anybody's websites and penning things that, you know, that, that person, they don't get give permission. So, you know, if somebody says, oh, geez, I love this painting, and they pen it without really crediting that artist, or maybe that artist really doesn't want to pen, but they just do a, um, a screenshot of that particular uh, artwork, the thing is, is that people copy that, you know, and I, I have some issues with that. I, I really do. I mean, that's just me. I know it's, I'm probably the only one, but I just have issues with that because I think sometimes it's very, um, you know, I, I think everybody's on this big Pinterest kick is, and, and I do think there's a lot of, uh, ideas or copyrights that are being violated. And that's just, you know, my two cents. I think it's pretty much a free-for-all. And, and the other side of it, people are going to say, well, don't put your work up there if you don't want somebody to, to take it. But that's not fair because if you're an artist, you to get a presence, you have to put your artwork up there. But you don't want people copying your ideas either. You know, you don't because if that's your livelihood, you don't want people just taking a screenshot and then cropping it and putting it on Pinterest. So that's that's just another, you know, yeah. point of view. Point of view. <laughs> but the way that you're using it, Shane... That I totally agree with. I, I think that's fabulous. I really do. Yeah, and along with Pinterest, another thing I love about it is uh, your you know your Facebook friends are on it, and you can friend them on Pinterest. And I've friended my te- uh, my fellow third grade teachers, and I can see what they're pinning relating to school. So if I miss something, they'll pick it up, and I can pin their pin. So, but yeah, I can also see how it could be abused a little bit. Mm. The next one. I'm going to talk about, I've started using a little bit this year, and I think we're going to use it a lot in our English language arts this year. It's called readingatoz.com, and that's uh, readingatoz.com. The membership for it is $99.95 per classroom for one to nine classrooms, or it's $84.95 for 10 or more. What's cool about it is that it has leveled books. And if you're not familiar with leveled books, uh, they have different A, B, C, D, E, F, G uh, levels based on the students. So in other words, if you're a level A, level B reader, you're about a kindergarten level. In other words, the, the, lar- the later letter books are higher up grade levels. So that's what that means. So third grade Letter books should be around M, N, O, P. They should be around there. So I can go on to readingatoz.com and I can find books that level to those students. And I've, been, I've used a couple books so far this year for our whole group instruction. 
and you just do a search for a specific book based on one of our standards that we're covering. And what's cool about it is you can download the book and it's like an eight or 10 page book with pictures. So it's nothing crazy. Um, so you can download it and print it or to save paper, you can show it on the projector, which is awesome. And what I love about it is it also comes with, when you click on that book, you can also find lesson plans for it. So they will help you with how you should be teaching it. And they'll give you some worksheet activities that follow right along with that book. So like right now we're doing character traits. So we found, my teachers and I have found a couple books on this website relating to character traits. And then there's some really great character trait worksheets that go along with the book. So it's an excellent resource to use in my mind. I haven't done a ton of research on it, but I'm sure as the year goes on, I will be doing that. Is the cost for the membership? Yes. Okay. The next one I want to talk about is uh, brainpop.com and brainpopjunior.com. I love those websites as well as the kids. Uh, Brain Pop Junior is good for grades K to 3. And Brain Pop is good for grades 4 to 6. And what it is, they are educational videos uh, told by cartoon characters. And again, you can look that up. You can look up videos based on many different subjects, math, technology, social studies, science, ELA. Uh, and they're about four or five minutes of video, depending on the topic. And you can watch the video. And then afterwards, they typically have an activity you can do. They have a worksheet you can do. Um, there's vocabulary words that go along with the video. And they're they, and. BrainPop Junior and BrainPop both have quizzes that you can give to your students after the video. So it's basically an entire lesson all on this website. And the subscriptions are a little bit pricier. I don't know the exact prices because when I looked it up the other day, uh, you have to call for a quote. But I know you can do it by classroom subscription or a school can get a subscription or a district can get a subscription for that. And when I was a student teacher way back in 2008, that school had the username and password. And all I did at that time was show the video. I didn't know about all the neat features until I became a computer aide and I did a ton of research. In fact, I also did a uh, professional development for teachers on BrainPop because I fell in love with it and I started researching it nonstop. So it's an excellent resource. The kids enjoy the videos. They're a little silly. But they get the point across and they get the topic across. And they have, I don't know the exact number, but they have hundreds of videos. So if you're looking for a topic, definitely watch it first because when it says K to 3 or 4 to 6, if you're, you know, if you're a second grade class, the video might be a little too tough for the second grade class. So it's important to always watch the video first because there was one video I saw on Martin Luther King Jr. on uh, Brain Pop Jr. for the young kids where they had the gunshot right at the end. And I was like, oh. my personal opinion was, why, why is that okay for a K to three video? And I emailed Brain Pop Jr. And they emailed me right back and said, you know, we, we, and I said, I'm a little concerned about the gunshot being sh uh, heard. 
for K3. I think they're too young. And they emailed me back fairly quickly and said, thank you for your concern. Um, we've had a lot of discussion about it, but we feel that it's okay. And it was just, it was nice that they got back to me. Mm-hmm. But definitely, you definitely need to preview the videos before you watch them. But I love this resource a lot. So it's one of my favorites as well. Uh, they have 750 videos plus, they said. And it looks really cool. And in the subscription, I don't know how um, it works, but it says a full access subscription is $6.99. I don't know if that's for the year or for the month. It doesn't state that. But an Explorer subscription is only $2, so $1.99. That's very reasonable. Oh, they must have yeah. they must have changed the prices then. Yeah, if if you the app, you know the Brain Pop app. This isn't on the website, but the in, they have the in app purchase. So the full access for six ninety nine gives you um, all of the seven hundred fifty movies and quizzes, which that's pretty that's pretty impressive. That's just the app. It looks to be yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I downloaded the free app and they have the free videos. That's another thing I forgot to mention. On Brain Pop, they have a daily video that you can watch for free without a membership. And today they had one on 9-11. So I ended up showing my students that right at the end of the day. And I tried to explain to them why this day was so significant in history and stuff like that. Which, because they were born well after uh, 2001... You know, they don't quite understand it, but I actually ended up showing that video today, even though it was a brain pop video and not maybe suitable for my third graders. Mm-hmm. And Brain Pop Jr. has, I think it's weekly videos. I think they have one video, one free video a week, where Brain Pop, they have different themes for uh, one month, might be like February will be Black History Month. So they'll have a free Black History Month video every day that month. So that's. Also, you could take advantage of that to watch that video, and you get all the uh, activities that go along with that video for free as well. So that's a cool feature too. The first website I'm going to talk about that's great for parents and students is Starfall.com. Uh, when I was a computer aide, the students, kindergarten, first grade, used it almost every single time that they came to uh, the computer lab. And what's great about it is there's no username or password needed. Uh, Another great thing is that it's extremely easy for the students to navigate through it. So just getting the students logged on to the computer as a computer aid was challenging. But once they were on the website, you didn't have to tell them to do anything. They were just – if the teacher said, go on layer B and Z, the students didn't really need much help doing that. So the four sections in Starfall, they have a section for ABCs, a section for learn to read, a section called it's fun to read and a section called I'm Reading. And with the A to Zs, it's all the letters, and students can click on a letter, and it navigates them through like a little sing-song and uh, how to use how to say the letter, and it's really, really great. Uh, with the Learn to Read, it has different, different word endings, like A-N or E-N or I-G, There's several different ones that they can choose from. And again, it navigates them through a little mini lesson. And it it really does help them to learn how to read. And like I said, the kindergarten first graders, they really enjoyed it and they used it all the time. Uh, The app on the iPad is called Starfall ABCs and that's $2.99. I've never actually tried the app myself. And since I teach an upper grade, I've never, I haven't used the 
the website very recently, but I do know that the teachers seem to really enjoy it. The next one I want to talk about is abcya.com. This is set up for grades K to 5. And what it is, in each grade level, you can choose from different categories. Uh, and the categories are numbers, letters, skills, holidays, and strategies. And within each of those categories are several different games that the kids can choose to do. And the kids love them. That was another uh, website that was used a lot when I was a computer aide. And teachers could say, all right, kids, go on this game. And they could easily navigate it once again to abcya.com. They just click on their grade level and find the game. And there were some cool edition games, like I, I think it was called like Ski Boat Edition or something, where they're, they're on a boat and they're racing other kids and they're getting their edition facts. So there was a ton of really neat games that they could choose from on that website. Uh, the iPad app, it, there's a word bingo app and there's a math bingo app from ABCYA and they're each $1.99. Another website great for, parent, uh, for parents and students as well as teachers is called extramath.com and that's just X-T-R-A math.org, sorry, .org, not .com. And what that is, is I've not logged my students on yet. I've not created a username and password yet, but I'm going to this weekend. Uh, as a teacher, you create your own, and then you can create logins for your students. And they have about a one-minute little test that they do on this website to place them. And it's strictly addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division facts. Once they're placed, they work on these facts and... They simply just type in the answer, and facts come up at the screens like 5 plus 2, 3 plus 5. They start really, really, really easy, and they work their way up. And if they get it right within three seconds, they get a smiley face. If they get it right within five, it's, I believe, a green check. If they get it wrong, they get an X. And then in very light print, it will show them the answer so the kids can type it in. And what's awesome is once they complete their part for the day, it sends a report – no, I believe it's a weekly report that gets sent to the teacher. So you can see if they're actually on it or you know, how they're doing. And if you see them progressing enough on addition, let's say, you can move them on to subtraction. And when I was teaching today, we were doing three-digit addition and three-digit subtraction. I saw my students struggling with simply 9 plus 4 or 8 minus 5. So I had to stop pull out the basic flashcards and do it that way. So I think this, that influenced me to make sure I sign, up, sign them up for it this week so that they can uh, get started going on this extra help here. Uh, because we start, in third grade, we start multi multiplication around November or December. So if they're not fluent with addition subtraction, it's going to be tough to get them fluent with multiplication. So they need the help that they can get. And of course, kids love using the computer, so that's great. There's an app on the iPad for $4.99. So that's uh, extramath.org. And also, uh, parents can sign up for it. And there's a way to get the report sent to the parents as well so they can see how their student is progressing. So it's pretty neat. One more app that I'm slightly familiar Not app, sorry. 
one more website that I'm slightly familiar with is scootpad.com. And it's free for teachers to create a username and password for themselves, and they can create one for each student. Uh, on this website, they can find assignments from ELA or math to give the students online and their common core aligned, which is every teacher's dream, <laughs> being common core aligned. Uh, and I know one of the teachers that I worked with when I was a computer aide, she loved this website. And when they came in, when her students came in, she was a, she's a fifth grade teacher. They would get on this website with their username, password, and right under their assignments would be whatever assignment that that teacher assigned to them, and they just click through it. There's like reading passages that they could do and uh, questions to answer, and then for math, there's word problems or just simple arithmetic problems that, that they could do. And... What's neat about it is there's little coins that they can get, and the kids love getting coins, and they can purchase little things on that website. That the kids always enjoy doing that or creating their own avatars. They can do that as well on Scooppad, of course. As a teacher, you make sure they do that at home and not during instruction. Uh, it's a free app, too, on the iPad, which is great. And uh, teachers can set up where when they get certain coins that they can get their own teacher-made prizes, like a homework pass or a piece of candy or whatever. So that's another great website that keeps the kids focused on the computer and they're doing something Common Core related. Do they allow you to give candy? I mean, can, can you do that? I haven't been told otherwise because I do it every day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that certain uh, areas or certain districts have strict rules about that, but we've never been told that we can't give candy as incentives. So huh. I, I do that. See, see, I'm not a teacher, so I, I don't know, but um, I, I, for some reason, I, I didn't think teachers could, but heck, I'd want, I want to be in a class where there's candy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> chocolate. Dark chocolate. Especially yes. if it's chocolate. Yes. Straight A's. Absolutely. No, the kids uh, enjoy, I have lollipops, uh, Jolly Ranchers, they love. Oh yeah, so all the good ranchers. stuff for their teeth, Shane. Yeah, that's that's good. Those are the stuff that those are the stuff that causes cavities. I will give them more than one a day. <laughs> yeah. And the last one I wanted to talk about was triple uh, a math dot com, and that's just a a a math dot com. Uh, and this breaks it down from grades K to eight. And it has so many different topics for each grade. So you can click on the grade level you want. You can click on the topic you want. And then you can click on the subtopic topic of that topic. And once you do that, each time you click on whatever subtopic, as you scroll down, it gives a description of how to do that topic. Uh, and then you keep going down. It has a little section where the students can practice and then if you keep scrolling down, there's a little game that they can play for it. And then underneath that is more uh, topics that you can choose from. So it really – and it's also common kind – sorry, common core aligned. Um, tons of details, very specific, and it has any topic you can imagine under that grade level. And there's no username or password needed for this one. And I also didn't find an app on the App Store for it. 
but it's another great resource for students to use. And what I love about that type of website is that there's no username password because as we all know, we have a ton of different websites where we have to have a username password. So as a kid, as a student, you don't want too many because they could easily get confused of what password is what. Mm -hmm. So when I create their username passwords for uh, extramath.org, I make sure I'm going to hopefully use their lunch number and their date of birth because uh, we have a program at my school called LexiaCore5.com that they use, and that's what their username password is. It's their lunch number and their date of birth, and they use their lunch number to get breakfast and lunch, so that's engraved in their heads. So that's what I'm going to try to do with that. They have a lunch number? Yes. When they go through the lunch line, they type in their number, and that's what gets them their lunch. Uh, For our school this year, it's they're doing a program where students can get no charge breakfast or lunch. Oh, that's nice. But they still have to type in their number for uh, inventory reasons and to prove that they're not getting more than one breakfast and more than one lunch. But yeah, but last year when they had to pay, uh, parents could put money on their account and that's how they would, they would uh, pay for their food is through their lunch number. This year, students can still purchase snacks, but... On the bright side for the lunchroom, they can only use cash to pay for these extra snacks. They can't use their – they can't put money on their accounts because we've run into problems of uh, parents not putting money on their account and them having negative balances. So that's a lot of work for the cafeteria to try to get that money. So this no-charge lunch is a neat program that's happening with uh, several schools in my district. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This AA math looks like a really nice site. I like some of these subtopics like money, mm-hmm. mental math. I mean, how many times have you looked at someone and said, you know, what's 50, take away 25, and they stare mm-hmm. at you, even well, as yeah. an adult? You know, the patterns, the place value. But then uh, they also have up in the right-hand corner other sites, spelling lessons, vocabulary lessons, mm-hmm. states of the United States, nations of the world. Yeah, yeah. Good. it's really, really detailed. And those are Ooh, some of the yeah. ones that I looked at. Yeah. And then they have map identification of names and states. That's something that's really cool. You know, mm-hmm. so they used to map. map. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. those are just some of the websites I've looked up. There are tons and tons more out there. In fact, my assistant principal told me of one today that she told me is very similar to Teachers Pay Teachers. I already forget the name of it, so that's not good. But <laughs> there, there are... T- just tons of resources out there for teachers, tons of websites out there for parents and students to get that extra math or ELA or just extra motivation to learn. And that's what it all boils down to these days is getting them motivated to learn. Cool. Yeah. Right, which is what the parents need to do. Now, do you have any uh, recommendations for parents uh, how they should search, like when they open up Google, are there certain search terms they should use or phrases? Like if if if, if my child was uh, needed help in spelling, should I put in just spelling websites or should I put in grade three spelling? Or do you have any recommendations as far as how I should search? Yeah, I would do a very specific search, just like you said. I would do grade three spelling activities, grade three spelling games, and you'll find a lot of different websites that will come up. 
Uh, in fact, I'm thinking of one right now, spellingcity.com. I haven't used it very much, but I've heard of it, and I believe that's a really good one to help students with their spelling. So, yeah, um, you can just type in math games grade three and find a ton. Uh, yeah, uh, Google search will get you a ton of great websites, great resources. And the other question I have for you is what what would you say to parents to help them with their students, you know, with their children as students? You know, what do you have any uh, recommendations for them as a teacher? What would you say to the parents to, you know, help their kids do their, you know, help them studying for their tests and doing their projects and making sure that the kids are doing their homework? What words of wisdom do you have to the parents? Absolutely. We talked about this the other night at our uh, scholastic social where parents came and we gave them advice of how to work with their kids. Uh, The big thing, no matter what age, is to make sure they're reading 20 to 30 minutes a night because if you can't read, you, you can't do much later on in life. So after they read the 20 to 30 minutes, it's important to ask them what they read. Uh, I'm doing some testing for students on their reading levels. And it's amazing that uh, I'm testing second graders. I'm not allowed to test my own class. But I'm testing second graders, and some of them can read no problem to me. And they struggle a little bit with telling me what the story's about. But when it comes to writing what the story is about, they really struggle because it's a different, uh, different part of the brain that uses that. So they struggle with writing down and comprehending what they read, but they can tell you what they read. So that's an important thing to do. So have them read for 20 to 30 minutes a night. And then if they need to write a summary, which my students do, they have a reading log where they read 30 minutes a night and then they write like a three-sentence summary of what they read. Help them, help them write that because that, that part of the brain – at that age, it gets a little tricky for them. But most of the time, they can tell you what they read, tell you what it's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, with math facts, flashcards. Go to the Dollar Tree. Uh, you can get addition flashcards. You can get addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. And just continuously practice with them. Because, like I said, my particular students are struggling with the simple facts like 8 plus 3 or eight minus three. And they, at this age, eight, nine years old, they need to be fluent with it. And we told parents as well at this night, the other night, start them with their multiplication facts because that's a huge third grade topic starting in November. And if you start them early, they'll help us out a lot. So that's two big things in my mind are practicing the facts in math and practice and reading every day. And I think that will go a long way towards helping the teachers teach each child. Mm-hmm. Remember what I used to tell you guys about reading? I don't remember specifically, but I remember putting up a fight <laughs> <Okay>. every time <laughs> you read 15 Yeah. Minutes. Yeah, I remember that. Yes, you had to read 15 <laughs> minutes. We had to read 15 minutes a, a, a night, every night. I always told you guys that if you if you reading is the basics of absolutely everything mm-hmm. yeah. because you have to be able to read the math problem to do the math problem. But forget about it from a school point of view. You go to McDonald's with your friends, you have to be able to read the menu. Mm-hmm. You want to go to the movies, you have to be able to read the timetable to see which theater 
the movie you want to watch is in and what time the movie's playing. So it's not just for school purposes. It's for just everyday life. I mean, if you like baseball, you want to read the statistics, you have to know how to read. And that's what I used to tell you guys. Yeah. One exercise my mom used to make us do during the summer is that she, we would come down um, in the morning and she would ask you what you wanted to do. What were you going to do that day? And uh, you had to tell her something specific that you were going to do that day and not just say, I'm going to watch TV. <laughs> and then if you gave her a lot of things, if you're going to do, I always would say, I'm going to read and practice piano. I'm going to uh, go outside and play. And then after I did that, I would have to write it down. You know, write down what I'm going to oh. do. Yeah. Yeah. And when we would go on field trips, she would do the same thing. She would go, tell me something about what we just saw, you know, um, and then write down afterwards. You know, that way you got treats if you, you did that or you got to just hang around in the house and do whatever you want to do. But you got to be very specific. Now, my brothers never had this thing down. They could never tell what they wanted to do. <laughs> they would always say, oh, I want to play and not even think about it. And it's every morning she would ask us to do this. So I always wonder if my brothers were a little slow. <laughs> I could never figure that one out. <laughs> right. <laughs> she would make them clean the house and do other stuff. Man, so. <laughs> if your brothers are listening to this right now, oh, man. They, they, they were out there clean, they're cleaning and Vicky's out playing on her bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. playing the piano. I would say I'd bring home every book. You know, that I had so I would get out of doing homework. I mean, doing uh, housework, you know, they never figured that out. <laughs> I was, you know, I was mm-hmm. always a bookworm. Always, always, always. Yeah. I always had my mm-hmm. nose in a book. Yes, I was. I. Yeah. And I used to look up the words. I never skipped over a word. If I, if I had to skip over a word because I didn't know it, I always wrote it down. And then after the end of the chapter, I would go look up all the words and then go back and read it so I could understand the context. What I love about the iPad, um, you know, for press is so important and know what it means. So you're not skipping over words because, you know, not only uh, the only thing I wish it would do is like dictionary.com. I wish it would have like um, uh, an audio so you knew how it was pronounced as well. Because that would be, I think, really, That'd be be really ha- useful. Yeah, I think if Apple could do that um, with their iBooks app, I think that would really be great because dictionary.com does that. But you know, my eldest son has an issue sometimes pronouncing words. And that's why I think it would be really helpful if iBooks or, you know, for older students or even younger students, if they came across a word they didn't know then they could tap and hold and like dictionary.com, it would give them the audio pronunciation. I think that would be really great because for instance, our son, when he came to Seattle, our eldest son, he hadn't ever been to Seattle before. And we were, we were driving to the hotel and we went by one of the ball fields and he said, Oh, is that, is that Safico field? And I said, Safico, where the heck did you get Safico out of that? (laughs) But, you know, he didn't know. And, of course, now we call it Safico Field. But um, <laughs> I just think that uh, I just think that, that would be really helpful, you know, because I have made faux pas as well. When, you know, you think a word is pronounced a certain way and then everyone looks at you and you feel like two inches high. And you think, OK, that's not how that word's pronounced. And <laughs> I think, you know, people are sometimes reluctant to throw out vocabulary words. And I just love vocabulary. And I, I like the fact that Shane was saying that he 
encourages his students to write because I was reading an article where we're losing the art of penmanship. We're losing the art of actually putting a pencil to paper. And I think that's really important. We don't lose that. You know, I mean, digital is great and typing is great. I mean, kids can thumb type like incredibly fast as well as typing on, you know, a a laptop or a computer or an iPad. But I think writing is a lost art. And that's what makes me sad. I mean, you know, with everything we gain, we also lose things as well. Yeah. Well, before the Skype guards curse us anymore. Oh, listeners, hopefully I'll be able to edit all this out, but we have been dropped so many times and have restarted so many times. So I don't want to get incur the wrath of the Skype guards any longer. So I wanted to take a second and thank Shane for coming on. Thank you, You're Shane. Welcome. It was nice, yeah, nice for you to share all that with us. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. Yeah. So, listeners, uh, all the uh, websites that Shane mentioned will be in the show notes at 3geekyladies.com with the number three spelled out. And if you have any education type of websites that you like to use and your kids seem to enjoy or apps that you enjoy for education, please share them on the Facebook group, the Google Plus community, the usual ways that you can get in touch with us. And once again, I'm going to mention Listeners Plus, uh, Listeners Choice, I mean, Please send in uh, your 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 choices for listeners' choice. Um, listeners plus is if you have a paid subscription to Three Geeky Ladies, then you get a plus mm-hmm. content. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you can tell that Skype has just gotten me a little bit like over the edge. <laughs> we get we because give out I'm free not apps. Looking, we give yeah, out free apps and advice to... on on Three Geeky Ladies Plus. So if you want, That's if you're right. interested in the plus subscription, it's four ninety nine subscription every month. <laughs> and that's when the skype gods don't curse us so Mm. i'm just not looking forward to editing this but what are you going to do so on that pleasant note i want to thank everyone for listening and we will talk to you next time bye everyone thanks shane bye-bye I'm Bart Bouchot, host of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. Each month I gather together a panel of photographers and we chat about a theme related to the art and craft of photography. It's not about the gear. It's about making better photos regardless of your camera. Listen and subscribe at www.lets-talk.ie.